Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Every week, check us out. We are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for your video needs, or video podcast and your MMA needs. Ed, heard you went into New York for the UFC weigh-ins. Glad to see you survive that uh, that mess and uh, got to catch a lot of action over the weekend. Yeah, weird vibe. Not the uh, regular UFC vibe, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, there's something about Madison Square Garden as far as like sports energy and, and fueling creative efforts goes. As far as like this thing goes, and just doing combat sports related content goes. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, it's funny. I was thinking about it when I was there. I'm like, you know, outside of the networking. I mean, I met Hunter every time there's an MMA. It's a it's all surrounded by combat sports, mostly MMA, Madison Square Garden, including this podcast. When you think about it, I mean, when we just had the conversation about doing this, it was in front of Madison Square Garden. So mm-hmm. um, it's one of those places that that uh, I hadn't been to. It was actually my first as, as often as I passed underneath it, <laughs> you know, for getting doing stuff in the city. I never I haven't been inside of it just to, to sit in those seats again and. and uh you know, I only went for the weigh-ins, and, and it was in the Hulu theater. But you know, just to just to get back in there, I mean, I was like, wow, I haven't been in this building since since I think the last time I was in there was for the last PFL event. I was gonna say New Year's Eve, twenty nineteen, twenty twenty New Year's Day. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so I was there the up the the first day. So it was that you know, it was nice to it was nice to be back in there, and and um, but I, I I'd be remiss if I didn't say the vibe was weird as far as like looking at the fans versus what we what we're used to seeing and what we see now you know the ufc fan is definitely a a a unique beast and i don't mean i guess i mean the newer ufc fan and i know we're i'm being a bit of a dick by saying that because of that's not us you know we're mma fans so just that that separation was super evident in in that environment and uh like people were standing up and cheering for nothing Nothing was fucking happening. And I was I even asked one of the guy, I was like, What are you cheering for? And the guy was like, Oh, Patty Pimblet's over there. And I was just like, All right, is he looking at you or is he like t-? no, he just walked in. <laughs> man. And I was just like, All right, just checking. So <laughs> but that, yeah. that's that, that's that was my experience. And, and in all honesty, I uh I watched them face off, I watched the way ins happen, I put up a quick video up on the YouTube channel doing the YouTube shorts thing. And um, after uh, Gaethje and Chandler faced off, I, I was out. I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to fucking walk out with these herbs. And I, <laughs> and I said, I walk, I just left. And I was just like, but, I, but even to get near it was weird. Just the whole, the way they're controlling everything. And if you watch the press conference for UFC 268, I mean, uh, it's, it's New York seems to bring out, I mean, I think we've been seeing it a lot lately, but the, I mean, when I look at the one for UFC 244 that they did in South Street Seaport, and you look at the one that they did for this that Wednesday, just the characters and, and including Pink Suit Guy. The, I know he was an ESPN person, but I'm just like, you know, like 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 is this this is what it, is this what it is now? Like this is this is not even news, you know? Yeah. So yeah, oh, I don't want to yeah. But I don't want to get too deep into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I I do think it's probably a different breed. There is a new generation of fans, and I see it when I go to the other events. And I I kind of just try to take it as appreciate their 
passion and love for it. Even if it comes off a little weird now, I feel like that's probably what I was like maybe 20 years ago, you know, when Chuck Liddell would walk into the room. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I do, I don't try to hold it against the, the newer fans, but it is, it does seem weird to people like us who have been around forever, but we, we also don't flinch when we see stuff happen that, you know, a lot of times makes people jump out of their seats. So, yeah, um, I mean, I did not, not, not that nothing that happened at 268. Obviously, we'll get to that in a, in a bit, but I mean, we got a lot to get to, but yeah. Um, so, let, let's, let's, uh, why don't we start it on uh, Friday? You had a midday early start card for uh, Bellator 270 in Ireland. Uh, I managed to catch the last couple fights of the, the night, but, uh, I mean, obviously, we can jump into that. James Gallagher and, and, uh, Patchy mix. Yeah, it was a good fight. You know, fun fight. You talk about, you know, one of those throwback kind of grappling matches. Like, I can't even remember any punches thrown in my head. All I feel like is it was just guillotine, you know, attack after guillotine attack. Uh, yeah. With eventually mixed, you know, getting the, the finish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those old school Sakuraba, Carlos Newton. Yeah. Two of the better grapplers in the, in the in lighter the division. division. Yeah. Yeah. Going at it and with both with the goal, basically for a sub is what the game plan both guys brought into. Yeah. And it, it's funny. Cause I was wondering who was going to step away from what they're known, you know, cause both of them have a, a decent amount of submission victories to their records. So I was like, I mean, I had, I had mixed pick to win. I didn't think Gallagher was going to give him so much trouble, but I was also wondering who was going to step away from what, we're used to from them and it looked like nobody did it was no. it was literally they literally both kind of said let's see who's better at this and uh and it looked like i mean it's funny because they kept going for the same move they even said during the broadcast it was like battle of the guillotines yeah it was like guillotine chicken you know <laughs> yeah. it's like who, who can get out of it you know let's 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 keep going so, but uh yeah big win for mix i yeah. i initially kind of thought gallagher would win because it was in his backyard Mm. You know, uh, I kind of chalked him up to being pretty much even across the board uh, mix. You know, if they fought again, I don't know if the result would be the same or different or what, but mm-hmm. it, just a damn good fight, fun fight, fight. I wouldn't mind seeing again down the line. If uh, yeah, a couple wins down the line for these guys, if they end up meeting in a tournament or something. Yeah. Like I mean, cool. and not to make any excuses or anything like that for, or, or kind of not to knock Mix's victory, but I, I I tweeted it too the next day because because I had to watch it. I was in since I was in the city when it was happening. I had to watch it the the following morning. The uh, uh, there was a weird like I don't know what it was some weird lump on James Gallagher's back when there was when there was uh, in the first round when they were when they were scrambling, and I tweeted pictures of it kind of focusing on it, and um I I don't know if that he it was an injury or maybe he had some sort of you know. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, like if it was like a beginning of a staph infection or something, I don't know because I, I I just noticed it briefly and then I didn't really see it again. So who knows if that was something that that played a factor into his performance? I mean, again, not to knock Pat, Patrick makes his skills or victory, but it, it was definitely one of my favorite. Uh, again, I mean, I always talk about the one thirty fivers in Bellator, and there that that was a perfect example of why I like watching them. Yeah, and I mean, basically, kind of a number one contender or at least a heavy title eliminator for the winner of Horiguchi and uh, Pettis. So that'll be that'll be fun to see how that unfolds. The main event, Patricky Pitbull gets the title shot uh, after his brother relinquishes his 150 pound 155 pound lightweight title belt in a rematch against Peter Queeley who beat him uh, via cut uh, several months back. Man, Patricky Pitbull picks up the knockout win. Uh, 
you know, I, I'm a fan of the Pitbull brothers. Uh, I've been lucky mm-hmm. enough to see them in person for a long time, going back to the, you know, earlier days of the, of Bellator, um, or at least their earlier days. So the nineties, you know, events and stuff like that, the hundred early hundreds. And, uh, so to see him get a chance, especially to see him get it from his brother who basically gave the, you know, bailed up for him to have the opportunity. They weren't going to fight each other. Uh, and it, it turned out to be a definitive win. So I think everything really worked out as good as it could have for Bellator, uh, at this time, considering, you know, they basically had one of their poster guys give up the belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have somebody ask me why he gave up the belt. And obviously I explained the brother situation, but I wondered also, and it seems like, it seems like a weird question, but also um, I wondered if that frees him up from the championship clause with Bellator, if he were to try to make a run to the UFC, the other, you know, uh, Patricio Pitbull, because as long as he's champion, does he have a championship clause? So I wonder if it was kind of also away from at the same time, you know, he can go to go try to get his belt back from McKee. But if he loses to McKee and kind of figures maybe mm. it's McKee's time, he doesn't have that other belt kind of holding him down into a contract. With that's Bellator. a good. I, that's actually a better, better question than why his why he gave up the belt. Yeah. To his brother. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, that's good. And, you know, it's funny because uh, with all the uh, he's been super vocal about when Dana White likes knocked him and, and, and you know, so maybe. Especially with, uh, I mean, we're going to get into Chandler's fight when we talk about 268, but you know, you know, he's he's been putting that out there like he was the last one to finish Chandler before he went over there, and and uh, it's just like how how he's definitely kind of felt like he's belonged in that, at least to be tried out over there if they if they wanted to to give him a, a shot. Um, they've meant they rarely mentioned Bellator on UFC broadcast except when Michael Chandler's on the screen, they did it again this weekend. So you never know. I mean, that, that, that's actually a really good, uh, I didn't even think about that. You know, and Coker is usually pretty good with those guys. He won't hold them to no. their contracts as much as the UFC traditionally, at least from, from our perspective, from my perspective. But um, I just wondered that was kind of an out possibly that I don't know how many fights he has left on his contract and stuff, but it kind of just gets that off of his back. Now he can aim for getting his belt back. And if that doesn't work out, then, you know, like, you know, he can basically at that point jump over and test the water in the UFC probably, although at a, at a discounted rate, if you were to lose probably again, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, so that was, that was Bellator. Uh, Saturday also was BKFC. Uh, we didn't get a chance to catch up but with a ton of it, but uh, Sean, we did speak on it when we had him on last week uh, in the main event, it was fight night in New York. Main event was a heavyweight championship fight. Joy Beltran went to defend his title. Uh, unfortunately, he ran into Arnold Adams, uh, who beat him also in BKFC two um, by a doctor stoppage. This time he picks up a uh, unanimous decision to become again, the, the BKFC heavyweight champion. So Arnold Adams, two time BKFC heavyweight champion, Joey Beltran moves on to cornering his wife uh, this weekend uh, versus Pearl Gonzalez at uh, BKFC uh, 22. So BKFC continues to roll on. They do have a new heavyweight champion, uh, Beltron, very competitive. So I don't think he falls too far out of the mix. I uh, possibly could even see a rematch uh, in, in one fight down the line. Looks like Josh Burns might be the next to step in and, and fight uh, Adams for the heavyweight title Come with his win coming off is quick, like 10 second knockout of Sam Shoemaker. So that basically is uh that was the BKFC. And then it brought us to, 
really the combat world's two big highlights for the weekend. Um, before we jump into UFC, I, I didn't get a chance to catch the Canelo plant fight. I did see Canelo won by 11th <laughs> round finish. Um, I think you had a couple things maybe to say about the fight, but I, yeah, unfortunately, uh, in the well, world of paying for all the fights, I wasn't able to catch everything. So Yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to be somewhere to watch at, watch both as they were airing. Uh, shout out to Joe Lopez for hooking up a, a, a belated birthday uh, dinner for me. Um, but, uh, yo, the that little scuffle they had at the Canelo Plant uh, Media Day, if you remember, if you remember that, um, uh-huh. that was that was pretty much eleven rounds of that. I mean, if you watch, if you watch that, Canelo got the the best of him in that little that little few seconds, and. Uh, it was eleven rounds of that, and um, and he got the eleventh round TKO. Um, the one thing I want to say though, before we get into talking about the UFC, is when Frankie Edgar and Chito Vera's fight was happening, we know that went that went into the third round, and he, you know, we all know what happened to Edgar because of all the fucked up memes on the internet. But um, the length of that entire fight was the length of Canelo and Plant walking into the ring to to get to their contest. And uh, I said it when I was watching it, and I said it when I did my vlog for MMANews.com. So, and I really want to get into it. I mean, not spend too much time on it, but I just want to underline it here because we've had, you know, we, we've had uh, the guys from, from um, uh, Last Round Podcast on here and Hector Franklin to, just to talk boxing and stuff. The, and I know I've said it, so I, I, it deserves saying it again. The boxing is not boring. There's nothing wrong with boxing. The athletes are fantastic to watch, um, but it's the promoters that do stupid shit like their those entrances and the pacing and all the bullshit that that surrounds what they well, these old headed ideas where they think people want to see nobody wants to see these these elaborate entrances and all that shit they want to see the fight Who who's talking about that on social media after the fight no everyone's been showing all you've seen is highlights of canelo's finish and and the the entire time that they, they were walking into the boxing ring frankie edgar and and chito vera fought their war until frankie edgar got, got finished and they didn't actually start fighting until the first round of nami Yunus Zhang. So that's the, I think the only one that has the right head for it is Eddie Hearn. And, and that was just aggravating to, to see, um, you know, on such a, you know, Cadell is one of the names that it's like the fury, you know, Wilder, like those are one of the big names that you have to watch. And it was a great fight. It was a great contest. I mean, I mean, not for nothing. I see why I, I feel like Caleb plant is really, I didn't. I didn't think he was as good as he was, but I mean, it just goes to show that you know Canelo is, is Canelo is, is. I don't know if he's going to get any better than he is right now, but he's very good at boxing to the point that even Dana White was watching that cage mm-hmm. side and, and you know said Usman better slow his roll trying to box Canelo. I mean, on, on top of ending the whole crossover nonsense, but mm-hmm. I mean that that's that's a whole other conversation. But um, yeah, no, I just needed to to vent about that because I. Uh, as I'm watching it on two screens, we had the UFC on at the table, and there was one, and and even my my, my buddy was like, "They're still walking in," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, I don't get it." <laughs> well, 
interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with anything you just said. Everything seems to, you know, I didn't get to see that intro, but I know you're talking about the. It's not it's not the old uh, De La Hoya mariachi band coming in behind him. It's like mariachi band with flying dragons and. Yeah, no. it, I mean, it, like, at least Canelo. I mean, Canelo did that. He had Mana walking with, with and singing a mariachi song, but it was one guy. But it was still through that Jake Paul corridor. You know, that you saw, like, they both came in through that corridor. They sang both national anthems, which is cool. You know, you do that at sporting events. Everybody does that at, uh-huh. if, if, when the occasion calls for it or whatever. But, I mean, it's like you did that, and you did the entrances, and it's like, you know, not for nothing. Yeah. I'm on the East Coast, you know? <laughs> no, dude, I hear you. I hear yeah. you. Yeah, I, I. it'd be nice to see him streamline that a little bit. But at the same time, I also root for the ramp to come back one day to, to UFC, but we know that'll never happen for their interest. But that still was faster than this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, there's no, no, there's no <laughs> doubt. Boxing can bleed you dry by the, waiting for the walkouts. and uh, But, yeah, I, I I definitely hear you. But, yeah. Like it's, not, I, it's not the 1950s anymore. Like, <laughs> you know, you got the guy, the, what's his name in the bow tie? It's like, come on. We know who's fighting. We, the signs and their names are all over the place. TikTok Eddie. TikTok Eddie. Ain't got time for yeah, that. Match, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> Oh shit! All right, well, that was that was Canelo. Obviously, he's a generational fighter at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, just his only blemish loss to a prime, you know, or as close to a prime uh, Mayweather when he was uh, super young. So uh, crazy, crazy talent. But speaking of talent, we got to see a uh, UFC card on Saturday that was as loaded mm-hmm. with talent as uh, any any card basically in UFC history. Um, I didn't catch everything, although I did catch the vast majority. How about Chris, uh, uh, Chris Barnett, Barnett with, yeah. with the, uh, wheel kick knockout, you know, nothing like seeing like a five foot eight, 275 <laughs> pound dude, wheel kick somebody, you know, wheel kick a six foot four, you know, yeah, 255 no, I've, I've pound guy. Do, I, when they signed him, I was happy that they brought him in there because I've seen him. I've seen a lot of his regional stuff. Uh-huh. And I was just like, man, this 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 kid is, uh, you know, he's I, I, his first fight in the UFC didn't go. He didn't get to showcase what what we saw. I mean, and it sucks that it was Jan Volante in New York, but I mean, not for nothing. Not only is he like, you know, fan friendly, camera friendly, highlight reel friendly, but how respectful was he to to give Volante his time? Mm-hmm. Even though he won the fight, I mean, he gave Volante all the, you know, all that all that energy he got off of the win. He just fed it over to Volante because he knew what what that fight was for him and who he is and and where they were fighting and I mean that's just again back to to the 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 magic that lives inside of Madison Square Garden. It's moments like that. I mean, one of the takeaways that I wrote about too was uh, on on MMAnews.com. You know, there's a there's a sports photographer that that passed away due to COVID, and uh, and this is a, a hat tip to the UFC too because they get a lot of shit for being you know, these cold hearted corporate assholes, but they actually, uh, he's a New York post photographer and they put the plaque with his image on it where he would, he would have been stationed to shoot this fight as like a memorial, you know, memorial for him. And, um, I just, I mean, stuff like that, man, I'm just like, man, you know, that, that's, that's why these events, I mean, the UFC, when they come to the garden, they don't come light. They come really good. And this, this entire card, the entire card, I watched all the fights, the entire card, was um was definitely I mean two sixty eight and the one you went to in Jacksonville might be my two favorite cards this year. Yeah, I mean I 
think that that's pretty accurate. I can't think of anything. I mean, you had other moments. You had the Moreno Figueredo fight at, at what two sixty three and stuff. But overall events, I have to agree mm-hmm. with you that. With yeah, the, that's what I mean. Like whole yeah, cards every, that every I like. Fight, you know, yeah, you had, yeah, you had Chris Curtis pull off the uh, the knockout. You had guys that had been fighting for a lot of wins. And, yeah, you know, and that you messed know, up my parlay. But even still, I was like, that was uh, that surprising. You know, that was a surprise oh. to me. Uh, you know, you had the Bobby Green. I mean, it, it was just a night of just weird things. You, nobody, I mean, I don't think anybody would have expected Bobby Green to knock out Raging Al or no. TKO him in the first round. You know, I mean, literally it seemed like right when this, the fight started. <clears throat> um, and then you had the Alex Piera, uh, former, mm-hmm. you know, glory champion coming over to UFC guy who's uh, defeated at a yeah. Sunday, I believe twice, one time by devastating knockout. Um, and he, he lives up to the hype, flying knee KO, mm-hmm. Uh, just absolutely uh, fireworks. And then, I mean, you get a flying knee KO to end prelims, and then <laughs> the, the UFC, it seemed like the UFC did a last-minute juggle maybe before the weigh-ins uh, where they decided that they were going to open the night with the fight that uh, really it seems like everybody kind of came to see, uh, yeah. and that was uh, Justin Gagey versus Michael Chandler. Again, Ooh. I was asked, asked about that, and I think I said the same thing uh Cormier did on the broadcast. It was a smart move because you want the fans to be there earlier. You get the fans there that are looking forward to that fight. They show up a couple prelims early to make sure they don't miss anything. You know, and I, you know what's you got- crazy? I, like people are talking to me about both guys, and I'm talking people people that never even hurt, like because they weren't following belt. You know, they weren't following the sport like we do. But they're like, "Well, I didn't like. I didn't know anything about Michael Chandler. I didn't like him before, and Michael Chandler lost." But they're Michael Chandler fans now because of that fight against Justin Gaethje. So, I mean, it was definitely. Um, I mean, I haven't been quiet about how how uh, much I was looking forward to that. I didn't mind getting that earlier when they said they were going to bump it up to the to the main card opener. I was a hundred percent for it. And it's funny because the, the dude I was watching the fights with was like joked around and he was like, "But then I'm going to want to leave when that fight's over." He's like, "I'm not going to want to watch the rest of them." And then Shane Burgos and, and uh, uh, Billy Quarantino, uh, come uh, our boy Billy Q. I mean, yeah, I mean, and then they they, they do like the if there's fight of the nights. And then even Dana White said he's going to, I mean, he didn't officially put them on the list of the bonuses given up, but he was like, wow. I got to give them something too. Because no, they, I mean, they, they had a fight of the year candidate yeah. followed up following a fight of the decade level. Candidate. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, it was back to back, you know, you know, and then you had, you know, so Shane Burgos picks up the unanimous decision win, but a back and forth battle, you know, Quarantillo shows tremendous heart, uh, takes a bit of beating, but both guys just, uh, everybody leaving it in the cage, you know, it, that yeah. it was like, it was like everybody. fight after fight yeah. of everybody leaving it in the cage, win or loss guys were, guys were just leaving it on the table. I mean, you had Chandler and Quartillo both lose, get losses on their record, but really probably walk away winners when it's all said oh, and done. Everyone's, everyone that was on this card, I think their stock went up in one way or the other. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, no, I, I I agree, pretty much agree with that. Um, we move on from that. To then you had Marlon Vera, Frankie Edgar. Obviously, we all, uh, I think all of us, I don't remember. Did you pick Frankie? You were kind of on the fence on this one. No, no, so I, you- I, I felt bad about picking Vera, and Frankie was, was doing all right up mm-hmm. until he wasn't, and I would have been happy if it, if it kept going the way that it was going. It sucks that, I mean, that hurt to watch. And, and uh, I mean, I, of course, he's a maniac disputing this stoppage with his knees still not underneath him. But, um, man. It happens, dude. Everybody hangs around. Yeah. No matter who you are or what you've done in this sport, it, it everybody highlight reels 
somebody. Someone, in. yeah. You all, you know, everybody. But, but I mean, big win for Vera. I mean, we, you can, we, you know, we, we kind of talked about maybe him not being on the same level of some of these, you know, guys with all those Edgars of the world. But he really, you know, he's got to improve his wrestling because obviously Edgar took him down and controlled him. But to have the resiliency to to come back round after round and then finally throw a spectacular kick and really kind of set it up nicely. He was doing some low kicks, low kicks, and then basically, you know, front kick to the face. And uh, as highlight reel as anything we ever saw from Anderson Silver, Machida for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, Be interesting to see where Frankie Edgar goes from here. I mean, I don't know, maybe just a retirement fight or, I mean, they asked him on Wednesday during the media day and he was, he was like, you're going to have to carry me out of there. And that's, it's like, all right, it's cool. That's cool to say and cool to, you know, to, I mean, that's why we like Frankie Edgar, but, you know, that it's going to be one of those things that uh, I don't, I don't want to see him, you know, go longer than he should. You know, we don't want to see him, uh, you know, he, it's not like he, I hope he doesn't need the money. I doubt that he needs the money, but yeah, that sucked to see. That sucked mm-hmm. to see um, at 40 years old. I mean, we are, we, we've seen how, how Dana White handles these guys that want to keep going and he knows that it's time. Even if they don't want to recognize it, I mean, he usually does something to to you know, what like with like with what he did with BJ Penn and you know, um, I, I I think he's doing that with Cerrone. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, hopefully that's the case because you don't want it to keep getting worse and worse. Uh, you don't want to take too many shots like that. Yeah. Holy shit! So uh, that brings us to the co-main event: Rose Namajunas, uh, Whaley Zhang. Um, I, I think it kind of went how we all kind of thought it would, I guess, for the most part. Uh, they both, uh, you know, competitive fight. Split yeah, it went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a, a battle of two two of the better women in the, in the division. They both showed good uh, grappling. Zhang showed better grappling than I had thought she had uh, prior, you know, as we talked about with uh, Hunter last week. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, Rose, like I said, I, you know, she used her ring generalship and, and was able just to, <laughs> yeah. just to out, out point her and do what a veteran. And that's know. that's her third rematch that she wins. Like it's it's, it's almost like it's 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 she's she's, uh you know, the ingredients is if Rose Namajunas gets a rematch, she's probably going to win the rematch. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, Jang being the former champion that she is well prepared. That division's it's almost like they're tying themselves up though. I keep thinking about what Marina Rodriguez said about the same people fighting each other over and over again. Um and and that with Rose as champion and, and Jang just sitting there still top ranked, you know, you got well, I know they removed jo- Joanna for inactivity. So that kind of helps move other people up. But um it's gonna be interesting to see. I mean, Dana White didn't seem like he wants to he seems like he still wants to make Carla Esparza sit on the shelf almost as punishment now for waiting for a title fight versus taking a fight that was given to her. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, Rose, I think, I don't know where exactly, you know, I guess it's Marina Rodriguez now, like you said, but, you know, obviously there's always that fight with Shevchenko, which I don't think she can win, but it, it's going to start to get a little momentum if she picks up another win or two, I think uh, it, it'll be a fight. One of those fights that's kind of hard to avoid unless she just straight out comes out and says she doesn't want to do it. Uh, but I think that's might be where we're headed in the next uh, year or two. Uh, main event, Usman Covington two. Uh, good fight. Yeah. 
good good fight. I think uh, both guys' stock went up as far as fighters go. Oh, I yeah. Think, uh, Usman, uh, they both showed some respect at the end of the fight, which mm-hmm. was cool to see. Some guys kind of squashed their beef um, after spending a ton of time in the cage and really beating the shit out of each other. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know Usman doesn't show it as much as Covington, uh, but Covington was hitting him too. I mean, there it was there was some good back and forth. Uh, yeah, some yeah. could argue Covington won the last three rounds. You know, it could be. I've seen that argument made. I think a lot of people think he won the last two. There was a ten eight mm. there, likely maybe the second round. Uh, but I think for somebody to get almost finished like he did in the second round, yeah, and then rebound to come back and arguably win three, and then mm-hmm. in my opinion, win four and five. Um, you know, just tremendous heart, skill, everything you'd want to see out of of championship level fighters and um again the, the act aside and everything I, I think you're looking at the two best walter weights in the world um and especially in the ufc in that fight you know so i don't know i don't know who really beats either one of these guys to be honest with you i think they both probably uh beat some guys in the near future and and we could possibly be seeing another fight you know maybe the end of next year uh between these two yeah, I mean, and and Colby Covington wasn't shy in the post fight press conference that 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 he definitely wants to do it again. And the thing about we were just talking about rematches with Rose and Weili. I mean, once 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 fighters cross hands and they experience one another that way, I think something just on both ends increases their chances of of victory. And and sometimes you know uh, the the loser from the last one can do better. Um, I mean that that's definitely a trilogy that I think that the UFC could sell. I don't think anybody would not be on board with that. And the other thing, uh, Dana White even said, you know, Colby Covington's gimmick um, sometimes overshadows how good of a mixed martial artist he actually is, and he's such a great competitor, despite despite his, you know, the whole MAGA thing or whatever he's doing, which he kind of pulled away from. I want to say this week because I mean he was more about first responders and stuff like that instead of the whole MAGA thing, which is I mean I get it. I mean I, I think he's um he's definitely somebody. Dana White, what did he say at the post fight press conference? Something along the lines of is if, if Kamaru Usman doesn't exist, Kobe's the best welterweight in the UFC, and I, I wouldn't disagree with that. No, I agree with him a hundred percent. But yeah. big win for Usman. I'm not. Uh, I guess he weights for i guess luke is maybe next in line but him missing weight as an alternate certainly uh isn't going to gain any mm-hmm. favor um mm-hmm. and it might be actually punishable almost by the ufc to to keep him keep him away for another fight um you know i we're gonna get into the moving up talk and all that other stuff but for right now i don't see a whole lot other than other than Covington, I like I said on the podcast last week, I, those are the only two guys that I could see really beating each other. I just don't, I don't see a lot of the other guys now. Maybe Luke continues to improve and is able to TKO one of these guys, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Two two tremendous guys, tremendous main event to a uh, tremendous night of action uh, in the yeah. state of New York and in the whole world of combat. Oh yeah, I mean they definitely. I think I think that was their like their the eighth highest or gate or sixth highest gate in the garden or something like that. But the UFC keeps breaking records, and when and um also uh, one thing that I liked that Dana White also said in the post fight press conference, which as somebody that covered extensively for Page Two Sports and Front Proof Media, the whole ban on MMA. Somebody asked him about Sheldon Silver, and he was like, uh, he was like, oh, Sheldon Silver's in jail, and we're number one, so. You know, karma's a bitch, and I was just like, you know what, man? 
Sometimes, man. Sometimes you, uh, you, you, you're the fucking guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean that was that was a great, great weekend. I mean, and and you know the the punches and kicks don't stop. We got a uh, Bellator two seventy one uh, this coming Friday. Uh, they're back in Florida, so uh, I we brought the card up here. I'm from Bellator.com. Um, Valerie Laredo's on the prelims, which are they show on the Bellator and Showtime YouTube channel. So she's fighting Taylor Turner, and um, we're gonna look at the main card. But I just I, I just like to see who's on the. And there's some names on the prelims too, which I always like the way Bellator does mixes up their card. This fight I'm looking forward to as well. Bruna Allen versus Desiree Yanez. I feel like she was supposed to fight, or she fought and lost. I know she fought in combate, but I, I followed her career. Maybe I'm thinking about her combate fight. But um, and uh, and then the main card. Obviously, we got uh, a lot of fights to look forward to. So let's uh, why don't we 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 start the jump off from the the, the beginning of the main card. I got this little maniac here tearing up my room. So she's going <laughs> to uh, take a seat, hopefully, for a second. Uh, yeah, main card Steve Mowry, undefeated, huge heavyweight, fights Raheem Cleveland. Uh, obviously, Mowry's on a nine fight winning streak, being nine and oh. Cleveland also on a winning streak of his own. Um, hard not to go with Mowry. Guy seems like a massive, uh, he's six foot seven. Um, seems to be one of the guys Bellator is really trying to build up uh, as one of the future of their uh, heavyweight division. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Maori by knockout. And you got two big heavyweights like this. Somebody usually crumbles, <laughs> but uh, yeah, him, him and his length and stuff. I figure he'll uh, figure out a way to get it done. Looks like a lot of people agree with you too, including myself. Um, then we got uh, my home girl, Arlene Blenko. Um, I hope she's, uh, she's doing all right. She's been a, Stuck here pretty much since the last fight, so um, she's fighting Pam Sorensen. I forget what their rankings aren't on here, but it looks like folks are leaning Blanco to win. I'm, I mean, I I like picking Blanco because she's always been cool with me, and she's she's definitely got a great skill set. Um, you know, she's got good hands, good striking. Um, so I don't see her doing bad, especially if she wants to get back on a win column. Yeah, I think she picks up the win here too. The veteran Pam Sorensen, uh, obviously. Very competitive, but uh, I think Blenko picks up the win here and, and continues to stay along the top of the uh, featherweight division. And this one, man, I'm, I always get worried when Aaron Pico fights now, these days. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron Pico uh, on now what I believe it's a five-fight win streak uh, faces uh, Justin Gonzalez, undefeated fighter, brought over from LFA. Mm-hmm. Um, heck of a fight for Pico, and really the first step-up fight that he's had um, in a sense, over, over his kind of rebound uh, from his early chaotic uh, first five sick fights of his career, where he just fought killer after killer, and uh, you know had some mixed results. So, um, heck of a fight here. I, I mean, I, I want to pick Pico, but uh, you know, and I'm going to pick Pico, but I think it's going to be a heck of a fight. And this is where we're going to find out where Aaron Pico really is right now. I think uh, as far as if he's ready for the next, uh, you know a top contender again uh, in, in the division. Yeah. I mean, I don't see a draw coming, but it's definitely, like you said, it's a test. Um, I've seen Justin Gonzalez fight. Um, it's hard for me to, I mean, I, I, I can see him giving Pico some problems. I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, we always, Pico's got that power uh, in the striking and sometimes he gets a little too invested in it. And I feel like that's where Justin Gonzalez could, uh, you know, score the upset even though 
you know, the Bellator fans got 59% of them are picking Pico to win. I mean, I hope he wins, but I mean, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be an interesting fight to watch. No, exciting fight. Yeah. That's followed by a heavyweight feature about Tyrell Fortune on a winning streak uh, following his loss to Tim Johnson. He fights Linton Vassell coming off of uh, two big TKO wins of his own over uh, over uh, Sergey Karatanov and in his last bout finished off uh, Ronnie Marks. So uh, for a guy that moved up to the heavyweight division, um, he's been super successful against two guys that are uh, – at least in, in Karatanov, a, a, you know, borderline title challenger and in Marks, a, uh, a long time competitive, mm-hmm. uh, heavyweight. Um, he fights in this one, a young up and coming heavyweight, uh, with tremendous wrestling background. Uh, I'll be interested to see Vassell's kind of like Uberim at this point. Um, his last couple mm-hmm. of fights, he's been huge. Uh, I imagine he's still got that same frame going into this one. I mean, he's six foot four, so he's never been a small hmm. guy. Um, I, I'm going to go with Fortune um, with his wrestling. I think he might kind of play it safe this fight and uh, mm. and put Vassell on his back. And now Vassell's got tremendous and really good, really good submission game also. So that might be a way for a path for him to victory. But I think Fortune might put him on his back this fight, and we could just kind of see a grinded out, um, you know get get the fight done get it out of the way get a win for fortune um mm. is what i could see happening yeah like it might not be the most fun fight on on the main card but it, i mean a, a w is a w i could see that happening but um hmm, i can't even think of the, the last time linton Vassell, i i saw him fight he fought um, marks at, at 254 so it's been yeah, it's so been a minute at this yeah point. that's why i'm i'm like uh I mean, so I don't want to go by by recency, but I mean that might be what a lot of the Bellator fans are doing, based on the sixty eight percent picking him to win. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna fall victim to that too, and, and agree with you on that one. Um, and then we got your home your home girl and the longtime Grand Slam champion, uh, Chris Cyborg versus Sinead Kavanaugh. Um, she's ranked number five. I mean. Cyborg's beating everyone on the belt or rankings, which is why this fight is happening. She's literally going down the list. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't see her stopping. <laughs> no, no. I mean, without, you know, I would not being disrespectful. I think yeah. this is a bit of a, uh, you know, one-sided fight, but in the history of MMA, you know, you never know what can you happen. You never know, yeah. You never know. And, and Cyborg's just, like you said, she's beaten everybody else. I think this is kind of a bridge fight to eventually a Kat Zingano fight. Um, but uh, I got to go with Cyborg. Yeah. I'm gonna, I mean, I think she, I think if she wants to, she wins. Kavanaugh's tough. So let's, let's say second round, late second round finish. I'll give her that she's able to muscle her way and mm-hmm. fight her way through the first round. But uh, I think Cyborg eventually wears her down uh, and, and, beats her into submission in the second round yeah because she takes good time off between fights too you know so you know she's recovered you know she's well rested and then she starts another camp uh um you know whenever whenever the contracts are signed or whenever they first announce the fights um i know i know kavanaugh's a bit of a, you know she, she she feels like she's got the power to finish her but um and like you said you never know what happens in mma but um yeah it's just she's she's it's like she's got a, the the rankings or is like a hit list for her and she's just going through them. So it's hard for me to pick against her. Yeah. 
So that's the Bellator for uh, we got to is it? Let me double check. So it's a Friday night card. Friday, Friday mm-hmm. night, and then Saturday. We're not going to break down the whole card, but the main event's definitely worth talking about. Max Holloway, the UFC Haley's comment versus uh, Max Holloway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. you're Rodriguez, Max Holloway, uh, Rodriguez. Whether it's been fake, false drug failures whatever <laughs> you know there's always seems like there's been something to there's always him, something that keeps him away for a couple of years <laughs> you know um he's coming off his last fight was you know two years ago now so yeah mm-hmm. he's he's been away for, for far too long Pleiades. Um, max holloway has uh <laughs> never never disappeared from the scene um you know although he he's had he's had most of this year to recover from uh, his last fight, a uh, win over Kelvin Cutter in uh, mm. after the two losses to Volkanovski. Um, you know, I, I, I like Yair Rodriguez. Um, I think he's exciting. I used to uh, like him. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's a lot of upside to him, but it's hard to be a fan of a guy who just doesn't fight a lot. Uh, yeah. But while in the cage, he is fun to watch. Um, but I don't think, now maybe this fight brings out the best of him and brings out the best of both guys. And we end up with just a, a back and forth. But I think if that happens, I think the toughness of Max Holloway, um, it might be way too much. Mm-hmm. I, I got to see if yours not just kind of a pretty boy who landed a, you know, some, you know, jumping kick against, uh, uh, yeah, he does was, the, the video he, game moves and stuff. Yeah. The, the I can't, uh, small blade, guy yeah. he did it against, and then, uh, the elbow against Korean zombie and, and like, the elbow. Like, zombie. Yeah, that's all. That's guy. all well and good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it seems like the guy needs to take a you know a forever break after every every fight he has, and whether it be through like you said through testing or, or just injury recovery whatever. And or I don't blame management. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Or or like you said, maybe it's a lot of injury recovery, but he's just always out. But I'm gonna go with Max Holloway. I think yeah, uh, me too. I think he probably finishes this fight. To be honest, I think he lands a lot of punches when he wants to land them, and uh, yeah. I, I think the accumulation will add up by the late third, maybe early fourth round, and, and yeah, I think we'll see. Rodriguez kind of crumble under it. Yeah, it. And, yeah, it's it's literally the uh, this. I see it going the same way Frankie Edgar did when he fought Yair Rodriguez, like just just uh you know wearing him out and eventually into some sort of TKO or or you know fatigue submission or something like that. Um, Volkanovski actually predicted Max Holloway to win between the two of them too. So that's always good when you hear somebody that's uh, that knows uh, one one or both of the fighters. You know, kind of the way Eddie Alvarez called. Gaethje and Chandler so um it should be a fun fight uh I'm looking forward to catching it on fight pass when it airs on fight pass so <laughs> but um yeah I mean that that's uh at least not as many events in one weekend this weekend no no but we but a lot of good fights yeah UFC card is worth looking into there's uh mm-hmm. Cynthia Cavillo uh Andrea KGB Lee on the a prelim female fight is, is a, yeah it's a good card for them kind to come of back to Vegas cool yeah. fight. so um I think that wraps us up for the week though uh get a chance to rest up watch these fights this week and then get going again next week uh check out the show at combat hour on Twitter coast to coast combat hour on Instagram check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Ed at Carbizal on Twitter, Carbizal on Instagram, and Oldhead Carb on Twitch. Hang in there throughout the chaos uh, going on still in the East Coast. Uh, I know <laughs> California here never gets better, but uh, 
look forward to talking to you over the fights this weekend, Ed, and uh, have a beer and relax. Yeah, will do. Peace. All right, brother. (laughs) Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.